I love a great story. I don't get me wrong. Like I love going to the movie and leaving and saying, wow, that was really profound. But what always gets me is how it looks. It's a moving picture. Hi, and welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival. And this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in TV and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. And oh my gosh, there are a lot of them. Uh, my guest today is Sam Fox. I'm uber happy to have her on board. Uh, she blends highly stylized imaginary visuals with music and horror in this really uh, wonderful blend under her production company called Foxy Films. She also wrote and directed Bad Acid in 2021 and has featured this uh, amazing uh, pop star DJ in that film. She also produces with a great grandma film collective as an executive producer along with Desiree Staples on uh, Heidi... Witzer's female ensemble comedy feature, My Divorce Party, coming out in 2022. So she is um, just a wonderful uh, filmmaker that I'm absolutely happy to have on board. But really, you know, I like to start off with how on earth did you get sucked into this crazy entertainment industry? Did you get bitten when you were a kid? Uh, did this come to you in a in a re dream, a realization? Um, and then how did you really uh, gravitate towards that, that blending of these genres? Well, let me say um, hello, Leslie, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I think it's a great resource for filmmakers, um, very educational. Um, it was a long time coming. Uh, so I started acting classes when I was super young, like maybe five or six years old. And, um, I, I did it for a few months and I really enjoyed it. But I think that the school that I went to was some sort of like scam. It was run by a scam artist. And so it ended up, yeah, it ended up having this huge, I think, it was, I think it was John Robert Powers. That might've been the name that that's ringing a bell to me. Um, and it got, uh, shut down for, I, I can't remember what they were doing, but you know, there's, there's bad apples in every business. So I think that kind of soured my five-year-old opinion of actors and acting studios. And so, um, around age, maybe 14 or 15, I decided that I wanted to be, cause I've always loved film. I've grown up um, watching, I mean, when I was five, my favorite movie was Rosemary's Baby. Um, my mom had, she didn't have an appropriate meter as to what a young child should watch, but. So let me recap that. You saw this because your mom let you see Rosemary's Baby when you were five or six? Multiple times. Multiple. This is awesome because my, because my, my feminist mother did the same thing, except it was with Clockwork Orange. Okay. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Stuff that children probably shouldn't see, but also, yeah, but also informs your outlook on, on life. <laughs> and I don't know if it's in a good way, but, um, it, it, I don't hold it against her because it led me down the direction that I've gone. And I like the direction. Of course. That I've right. Gone. Right. Yeah, so I, I wanted to be, I thought maybe I want to be a, a director of photography because um, I'm such a visual person. And 
I took a few photography classes and I was terrible at it. Um, like surprisingly terrible for what a visual eye I have. I don't know what it is. Um, you put a camera in front of me and everything goes to shit. So switch that direction and then got really into painting. And I was a, like a surrealist painter, um, was obsessed with Salvador Dali and, you know, wanted to be the next Dali and go to art school. And it was when I was 18 that I met, um, who became my acting coach. Um, I, I met him through another actor that I had a little fling with who was like, you should be in my short film, tried acting again. I was like, I really like this. And long story short, became an actor, got frustrated with being an actor because um, I didn't like having to sell myself. So decided I'd be a producer and a director, then realized I have to sell myself. <laughs> yes, yes, I can't, I can't avoid being a salesperson. Um, and, and you know what, though? I have way more control now and I love control. So it's working out for me. I, I'm very happy and I love it. And second question was the style, I think. Yeah. So this this blending of, you know, it's funny. You you mentioned this this young uh, gal, you being exposed to this what would be a horrific, you know, type of horror film, but that really informing the rest of your artistic career. So do you think that? that has utilized this visual blend from your fine art background um, and this acting background? Absolutely. So, um, you know, the reason I fell in love with uh, directing first and foremost is because when you have a monitor, you can paint a picture within the monitor. And um, I am definitely a visual storyteller. I I try to write. It is definitely not my strong suit and my stuff ends up pretty out there. Um, I'd love to start working with writers and transforming um, that's their skill and I would love to collaborate in that way, but it just hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. But I think that, yeah, the, the surrealist painting that I did um, always, you know, I'm obsessed with color and I'm obsessed with just how how things look i love a great story i don't get me wrong like i love going to the movie and leaving and saying like wow that was really profound but what always gets me is how it looks it's a moving picture and you know for story i i tend to go towards books but for movies i want to be like visually in awe and um I, yeah, so I skipped, you know, I was never into comedy or the, the feel-good love stories, although I guess dark comedy, but not your traditional comedies. And I call my style, it's Monty Python meets Twilight Zone. and <laughs> which, which is frankly two of my favorites, so that's okay. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a brilliant, it's a brilliant combination. Um, I'm excited about it. How do you approach that? you know, keeping within the directing and, and, and when you are working with the script, what is your first kind of steps you go through? Because we've got a lot of people listening in on the podcast at different levels. Um, and it's really interesting to see and to hear how different directors attack their process. What's your process? Several ideas. And, um, or the last project, Bad Acid, that I did, um, that started with 
an inspiration of me and my um, girlfriend and, and collaborator wanting to make a film for her um, clothing collection, which was called Bad Acid. And so um, I always just, I either start with a title or, you know, it's not traditional because I'm not a screenwriter. Um, but, but so once I, once I kind of get a few ideas, then I'm like, okay, how can I work this into a story? Um, and make it something that people want to watch and, um, and pay attention to. And so, you know, a, a script is born. Um, and then after that, I really just try and, uh, I'm such a, uh, like visual learner too. Whenever I would get, um, like instruction manuals, I just, my brain turns off. And so I really have to like walk through the process of things. So I will literally be in my house or my bedroom walking through the actions of the character and like kind of visualizing it and then being like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, I, I bring on, I've bring on a few people that I know, uh, collaborate, in very well with my style because it is a very distinct style. Um, and I'm very open to their ideas. I love collaborating. I think that's the beauty of filmmaking. Um, so, you know, I might read the script and I'd be like, well, what do you think? And is there a way that we can make this better or more interesting? And then, um, you know, designing my favorite part is putting together the, the lookbook. Um, so, I've always been obsessed with like 70s, um, I think it's pronounced giallo, um, like Italian horror and the way that it looks. They always have these, yeah, highly saturated, um, like the lights are blue, green, red, and like tell a story through lighting and um, not necessarily the most brilliant dialogue or script, but they're so cool. Like the original Suspiria, for example, like the production design on that is mind-blowing. And um, so I get really excited, you know, pulling images from some of my favorite films and then starting that collaborative process with um, uh, the DP that I've been working with. His name's William Pearls and um, the gaffer that I've been working with, um, Tom LeDuc and Candice, um, who is my production designer and she does set design and, and wardrobe and kind of all the all that visual aspect. And uh, then we figure out how we're going to budget it, which is my least favorite part. Um, but it's, but it's, you know, it's indie film. And if you have people that believe in the project, a lot of times they will support it in any way that they can, and they will do it for the love and the cause. And then you have your big expenses, which are things like camera package or grip and electric or set design. And, uh, and that's how we do it. I can't wait to do another one. I got to start saving up though. Have they all been, uh, self-funded or have you been able to, you know, bring in any funding to help and assist in the project you've done so far? So the ones that I've done have been the first two were self-funded. And then the last one was, um, me and the, uh, Candace, we split it because it was kind of for her clothing collection as well. Um, and this next one, I mean, they always say, like, don't fund your own movies. But um, asking for help is not my thing. Uh, it's really easy for me to do it. I've got, yeah, I, I just um, 
did a, a feature with Desiree Staples and we executive produced and we raised um, a significant amount of money for, for our first um, fundraising for a feature. And uh, I was able to do that, but it is, it is really hard. It is grueling and you have to go through every avenue and I mean hundreds and hundreds of emails and LinkedIn and it's nonstop. And that's unfortunately the the story that I've heard over and over again, you know, in the indie world. You know, the U.S. here doesn't make it easy for the indie filmmaker to get money. And a lot of the times when you're in that, you know, 150 and below, 200,000 and below, you know, you're, you're coming out of your pocket to make that happen. Um, uh, which is unfortunately, but, you know, since you brought up the film, let's talk about, um, that film that you did with, uh, Desiree Staples, um, My Divorce Party, which is coming out in this year, right? Yes. Oh, yes. It was so much fun. So let's talk about that. How did you get involved? You know, what was the producing like on this, the casting process? You know, get us into the nuts and bolts of that. Okay. Um, we were really, really blessed with this production. Um, I've been on a few that I think I might die um, because of the stress. And there were moments, of course, like any production that are stressful. I mean, we did film it during COVID. Um, it is an ultra low budget short film. And, um, but our team was so supportive and wonderful. So basically, I met Desiree, um, who's my producing partner for life. We're, we're in a production marriage. Um, I met her through a, it was a, Google group called WIMPs, Women in Moving Pictures. And it is very sad because it no longer exists. Um, it imploded on itself, uh, which, it, yeah, it's, it's sad because I actually, I got attached to a few great projects from it and I met some wonderful people through it. Um, but like all good things, they must come to an end. Um, so I met, <laughs> I met Desiree, I responded to an ad she was looking for a producer for the short film Circus Person, directed and written by Britt Lauer, also starring Britt Lauer. And she loved the way I wrote an email. And we have this thing about emails because, you know, there is the art of the email, especially if you're a producer. There's so much art in an email. Um, and she basically knew that she was going to hire me off of my email response. And then when we started talking, uh, we hit it off and yeah, it's, it's really nice. We work in a very similar fashion. Um, we support each other in our weaknesses and, um, and a lot of our strengths we have in different areas. So it's, it's a wonderful um, relationship. So she brought me on for that and, uh, and we made a beautiful short film, Circus Person, which premiered at Tribeca. And, Which won um, awards. It, it, it did very well. It, it won the Best of Fest at Catalyst. It won the Audience Award at Nashville. It was chosen for, during COVID, there was a We Are One. It was a global 
film festival put on by YouTube where they selected a few films from all the different film festivals that weren't able to screen and premiere. And so it went on to do that. Um, it's now been picked up by uh, FX Production and Diversity Hire um, to pitch as a half-hour TV series. So it has legs. And anyway, coming full circle, so we did that. And then because we always are going to work together, she, it was mid-pandemic and she was itching to act again and to produce again. And um, we hadn't really done anything for maybe, maybe almost a year. Um, and she found this script from Heidi Weitzer, who's an incredible comedy writer in her writing group and she asked if she could option it and she she was asking for she wanted a feature film that could be shot in minimal locations mainly outdoors um female driven comedy and it was it was perfect it's this film about um she plays the divorcee zan who goes to joshua tree and brings her best friends along um she just recently got divorced and she wants to burn or blow her settlement money before the weekend's end. Um, because come Monday, she is going to have to give half of it to her husband. Ex-husband. Oh my God, can I take that again? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but we got the idea. Okay. It, you know, she's, she's sticking it to him. <laughs> yes. So much verbiage in that log line. Um, exactly. So it's a really, it's a, it's a really fun. It's a really fun film. Um, we are in the middle stages of post production, so we are picture locked. We're working on composition, um, sound design, sound mix. We um, just locked in a great colorist, and that should be coming out in fall of 2022 to fall of this year, and hopefully we'll get a great premiere. Can we talk a little bit about what your strategy is for that film? Um, have you started talking to distributors? Are you going the festival route? Uh, you know, what is you as a producer, you know, combined team looking at um, getting it out there? Because that's a, a big thing for a lot of, you know, young uh, indie filmmakers that they don't quite know the strategy part of it. Yeah, it's a hard one to navigate because there is that question of, do you go in the direction of a sales agent? Um, or, you know, maybe if you premiere at a great festival, it might give you a better opportunity. So Desiree and I have been kind of slowly talking to a few different people, getting advice. Um, we have a few production companies that are like, show us the film when it's uh, closer to ready. And um, we've been, it's it's so funny how how people find you. Like I get emails maybe once a week from different distribu uh, distribution companies asking if I need distribution for my film, My Divorce Party. And I'm like, how did you find me? But it's perfect because we've been adding them to the spreadsheet and we're going to approach them as soon as we get, prob probably have a final piece just because I think it ensures our chances of getting a better um, sales agent and distribution company. Yeah, it's it's kind of the chicken or the egg with that. And I think that if you're able to get a great sales agent, then absolutely go that route. Um, I also believe that you can have a sales agent and take that sales agent to um, your premiere, and that might 
even better your chances of getting uh, a great distribution company. So yeah, fortunately, um, a few of the other producers and Desiree have have done feature films before. This is my first. And so they have a bit of experience with that world. Would you say that in your preference, um, you feel that taking it through the festival circuit might be a better platform to attract um, a higher level uh, distribution companies? You know, because they're on a sliding scale. You have the bottom feeders and then you have the top feeders. But, you know, um, it really depends on 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 where it's going to land. Um, a bottom feeder could do very well for you, or a top feeder could be you know very well. It really depends on that relationship and the film, right? So, are you kind of pushing them towards maybe doing that platform with a festival instead? Yeah, and to to go back to what you're saying about the bottom feeders and the top feeders, um, you know, I always believe that it's better to be a big fish in a little pond. Um, instead of vice versa. I think sometimes, I mean, there are wonderful distribution companies that if they wanted to pick up our film, I would probably say absolutely. Um, But they might have, you know, hundreds of titles that they acquire a year. And it's funny because that's a conversation I have with indie filmmakers all the time. Do you want to be that, that big fish? And, and there are distribution companies where you would go, Oh my gosh, of course, they're off. Of course, they want us, right? But you're one of seven hundred films, or a thousand films they're releasing that year, and you might not get the love that you would normally get if you were with a company that's only releasing fifty films or forty films in that year. Right, because so much of you know getting your ROI depends on your branding and marketing, and if if the distribution company doesn't have much time for you because they've got other bigger projects on their plate or just maybe too many projects on their plate. Um, I think that, you know, that does hurt in, in your sales. I do like the idea of taking the film to a festival before having signing with, um, a distribution company. I think that I like building a little bit of excitement around a film. Um, It is a great film. I want multiple people to be fighting over us. So that is what I'm manifesting for my divorce party. Your current project, though, um, is dealing with your past and your mom. Can we talk about that project, how that came to be? you know, what your what, where you are in that process, the kernel of the idea for the film, uh, blood is thicker than vodka. Yes. So very exciting news. This is a book that my mom wrote alongside my sister back maybe 10 years ago, they started, it took about five or six years to write it together. Um, my mom, suffered greatly from a very traumatic childhood um, and early adulthood addiction and had a really broken relationship with my sister specifically, but a lot of the people around her. And I think writing her memoir is something that everyone, she has so many insane stories. And so everyone's like, you need to write this book. You need to write this book. 
um, as as like a purge, but also um, to you know capture these stories down. But what happened when she wrote it grew to be so much bigger than than her life story. It brought my mom and my sister together, and it mended their relationship and created this new beautiful one. And it's very very powerful because it just shows that you know no matter what you've done, there is a chance at redemption. And so they've been trying to pitch the book to publishing companies. It's very difficult, um, as difficult as trying to get an indie film made, especially if you're a first-time author. And they found a publishing company, Calumet, to pick it up. And it should be being published like in the next month or so. So I've actually been... Um, the last few weeks helping design the book cover. And um, so that's my process in, in the book. But because the book is, again, it's, it's when you read it, you just visualize, you know, my mom grew up in England and Brighton and was a runaway on the streets and then ran away to France and then came to Malibu in the 80s in Palm Springs. And there was, you know, wild drugs and, you know, driving through the canyons of Malibu with my dad, who is a race car driver. And I, I just, when I read it, even though I lived it, <laughs> I'm like, this needs to be um, something that's told as a, a movie or a miniseries. And it is um, a lot of life for one film. And so what I decided to do is make a, turn it into a miniseries where, um, it's kind of like Bridges of Madison County where you've got these two different stories. It's the story, her life story told through um, flashbacks, but kind of weaving them in a way that they're not necessarily, you know, it's not like, and now we flashback to this time. Um, and and the writing of the book and what mended her and my sister's relationship, because I think that the real story is in that. And... Um, we were really inspired by Patrick Melrose. Patrick Melrose did it really well too, of going back and forth in between time and making it seem like it's not two separate stories, but weaving them together. So I wrote an outline. Um, I did hear that all the streaming companies are looking for hard comedies right now. So <laughs> I would not call this a hard comedy. I'm hoping the tables turn and we're looking for some family drama with comedic elements because I have a great story for them. Well, you could spin it to say it's a black comedy miniseries with a female protagonist, which is how I would pitch it. You know, it, it kind of goes back to you feed them what they want, but you still give them a fruit that you designed. Absolutely. And I think when we were writing, yeah, when we were writing the treatment, um, we're just like, this is really heavy. We need to up the comedy and up the absurdity because a lot of it is absurd. Um, addiction is absurd. And, and so we really highlighted those comedic elements. And absolutely, when I get to the, uh, whenever I get into those rooms with Netflix and HBO and Peacock, I will be, I will be upping the comedic, comedic element and, um, 
just say black comedy, black comedy, black comedy. It's a, you know, <laughs> it's a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy. <laughs> right. Um, and sell it to them that way. Um, where do you see yourself in the next um, five years? Where do you want to go? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I don't know. I never want to grow up. Um, so I really would like, I mean, I love producing, um, especially because there's there's so many different opportunities to work with other people and their stories and um and I do I do love that I do feel that sometimes it's a bit of a thankless job um you work really really hard and you take on a lot of the brunt of the drama that might go on on set um it's managing egos it's managing it's putting out fires it's a very stressful job and when I do grow up, I want to live a long, healthy life. So I think my, my biggest passion is, is definitely in directing. I really like directing gets me, it lights my fire. It gets me really excited. And so, yeah, I think what I'd love is I've got this badass at this, um, it, it's a fashion film. It started out as a fashion film, but it's an amalgamation of a, a short film, a psychedelic short film, a music video. It's definitely genre bending. And I'm taking it to uh, La Jolla Fashion Film Festival. And there's a festival in Portugal. And there's a few other that um, I can't announce yet. But um, we were nominated for eight awards at La Jolla Film Festival from Best Creative Concept, Best Director, Best Set Design, Best Art Design, Best Sound Design. So we kind of sweeped up the awards, there, the nominations. And I'm hoping that that gets me, yes, yes, it's so cool. I'm hoping that that gets me an agent because I would love to direct commercials. I think that in the next five years. Visually, yeah. Yeah. And I also like, you know, that Monty Python meets Twilight Zone mixing, you know, comedy, which I know with, you know, Old Spice or with um, Geico, they love that. So um, I would like that to be the next five years. And then once I really hone in on that skill, of course, directing TV and features, but I like to take, I don't like to get myself in over my head, especially because I'm a perfectionist. So I want to do baby steps and really, you know, learn to work with, you know, a crew of 50 people and, um, and get really confident and comfortable with that before I'm taking on someone's, you know, two hour feature film. Um, what's your advice for, um, young filmmakers, uh, coming up the ranks or producers, writers, visionaries, those crossing over into the entertainment industry? I think the biggest thing for me of being able to, you know, make what I want to do applicable and what kind of started me off on this trajectory was to, you know, thank God for the iPhones. Literally, if you have a, a phone with a camera, you can make a movie. Um, you can get some really cheap dinky lights off Amazon. They'll probably last only one production, but um, I would say get a few things to um, get your, you know, mobile filmmaking kit going and just start messing around and having fun. It doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to find a script. You can just literally do, you know, 
do some shots in your room or um, I started off doing I, I grew up surrounded around a lot of uh, DJs in the events world and so what I did is I approached all my friends that would throw parties and I said can I make a promotional video for you instead of doing a flyer and I would make a little skit for their party and it would not really have anything to do with their party but it would be a, a skit that promotes it and I would film that and it would be like a minute long and that kind of, I started doing that and I did like four or five. And then after that, I was like, okay, I know the basics, um, all self-taught. I'm like, okay, let's get a real camera. Let's get real lights. Let's get a crew. And so I think just do, just doing it, you know, don't sit around and wait for the phone to ring. Like Nike said, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Um, last question. Um, what's a dirty little secret that you've learned along your travels that you were like, gosh, if I had known this earlier, that would have saved me so much time. Or you've learned, you know, along your path. I guess to be, to be flexible in the process. Um, there are times where quite a few times where things have gone flying across my desk because of the frustration of, like I told you, I'm a perfectionist. And I think that I would get, I would get so stressed out and so worked up because I had this idea of how I wanted it to be. And that doesn't matter to other people because they see it for what it is. Or I would finish something and there was one thing, one little thing, maybe the color was off slightly or the the, you know, the prop was tilted and I would just hone in on that and it would drive me mad. And it's like, be flexible. It's okay. No one notices that stuff, only you. And I I think that, you know, there is a lot of stress with this job because you're dealing with a lot of money and people's time. And I think that if you can just really enjoy the process and enjoy the mistakes and learn from the mistakes, it's, it's just going to be so much more pleasurable. And isn't that why we're doing this? Because it's the funnest job in the world. I want to thank you for coming on and joining us. Are there socials that people can look at your work and tap in and DM you in the land of social media? You want to shout out? Oh, yes, of course. So um, my personal Instagram is the other Sam Fox. Um, my production company Foxy Films is Sam Foxy Films. And then we also, um, me and my partner Alex Nell, who has worked on the last few productions, Bad Bad Acid, Circus Person, um, she's, we've started crowdfunding for her film, Malocchio, which is like a female Pinocchio that deals with body dysmorphia. And so that is Malocchio movie, M-A-L-O- C-C-H-I-O movie, and you can follow us for updates on that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Sam Fox, on uh, Best and Fest. For all those that want to see the video component, you can go to the YouTube channel, the Femme YouTube channel, to see that. Uh, we are on all the uh, podcast platforms, so make sure to rate us, rank us, subscribe to us, and tell us how much you love us. So um, we love DMs. Uh, thank you again, Sam, for joining us on Best and Fest. Thank you, Leslie.